Awesome. How are you guys doing? So good. That was the first time I've ever heard that song. Anybody else that was the first time? Or am I just a newbie? Man, that was so good. Uh, I love that reality of the undivided heart. So my name is Zane. I am one of the student pastors here, uh, along with Matt and the team. Uh, it is such a joy for me to be here and to get it, share a little bit about uh, yeah, how, how God's been working in my heart. Uh, this passage that we've been going through uh, for, for tonight, man, it rocked me in some awesome ways. Just the reality of Jesus' words. You know, and that's, that's really the, the, the series for the whole year is, is what Jesus said. Um, and then tonight... As we talk again, part two of the series that Matt started last week of uh, just the reality of the heart of the issue. Like, uh, and I love what LB has said is the heart of the issue is the heart is always the issue. And uh, that reality of Jesus wants to go beyond the surface and get to the heart. And what I wanted to talk about tonight is the reality of what happens in our lives when the storms of life rage. And as we dive into this passage, I believe this has the opportunity, as we listen to God's word and what Jesus says about how to weather the storms of life. Because the reality is, we will all experience storms. And my heart is that as we dive into this truth, that every student in here will know that regardless of whatever trial, temptation, difficulty, failure you may face, you have an opportunity to have a foundation that is secure. So um, my wife and I, a couple years ago, when we moved from Colorado to Minnesota, uh, we purchased a house. And that was like a big decision for us. You know, one, we left the Rocky Mountains. Two, we moved to Minnesota. That was a little bit scary for me. Like, I, I, I'm not from the Midwest, and I was a little bit scared about the weather, you know. And people are like, what is cold in, you know, Colorado? I'm like, yeah, but we have mountains there, so it, like, makes sense that it's cold. You know, here people are like, well, you can go ice fishing. And I was like... I don't, that just doesn't sound, and I'm sorry if you're the ice fisherman. I was like, wait, I'm going to carve a hole in a lake and just look through and wait for a fish. You're like, dude, the winters get long. <laughs> so anyways, we, we, we got this house, and so we started renovating. Um, has anybody here ever done any renovation or like, okay, building? Oh, man, why is this like all girls? Okay, a couple dudes. Yeah, ladies, represent. Okay, true confession here. I had never done any. I was raised by a single mom. The only tool I ever had was a pink-handled hammer, right? And so now my wife and I are like, oh, you were going to buy this house and, like, fix it up, you know? Like, I don't know, we've been watching too much Chip and Joanna or something. And, like, we got in way over our heads. We bought this really old house, and it was falling apart. But we're like, dude, we can do it. I quickly found out I had no clue what was I, I was doing. We had to have her dad come help. And then we discovered it didn't just need a little paint and lipstick, but there was a crack in the foundation of the house. 
which is how we got it for so cheap. <laughs> and one of the things that, as we began to talk with builders, what they all said, if your foundation is cracked, the house is jacked. <laughs> and we're like, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, so what we ended up having to do is tear out while the house was on top, like out through the basement, had to frame walls to support the house so it didn't fall in on us while we're in the basement tearing up the foundation. I think we actually have some pictures. So this is the first picture where I literally, I mean, me the, with the pink-handled hammer, right? All of a sudden, dude, I'm renting jackhammers, busting up the concrete. Uh, if you go to the next picture, that's where we actually had to frame up the f- support of the house so it did not fall on us while we were in there. And I think there's just another angle of the same thing. That's me, like, looking down the center of these. I'm like, I'm building a frame, right? Then they're like, okay, this is really going to hold the house? And they're like, yeah, it should, as long as you built it right. And I'm like, I built it right. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm going to stick to preaching. <laughs> um, so, so that was it. And you know what? Now it looks awesome. Our house is finished. We just had some friends over today. And you know what I realized? I spent most of that time renovating in a place that many people would never see. And, and, and here's, here's what, what hit me as I thought about this passage tonight, is some of the work that God calls us to do is the deep work in our own hearts and lives that isn't what all, everybody always sees. And I know for myself, on the house, I'd rather focus on the furniture. But what's most important is the foundation. And so... I think, same with our faith, we can often focus just on the exteriors, but what is most important is what's happening on the interior. See, the heart of the issue is that the heart is always the issue. So let's dive into this passage, Luke chapter 6. It should be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 and following. Jesus is talking, and here's what he said. And he's kind of at the, at the end of a long, almost sermon, if you will, where Jesus goes through uh, these, these things of what it looks like for us as believers and how we should walk as believers. And then he dives into this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he who is like, who comes to me, who hears my word, and puts them into practice. He is like a man who built his house, who dug a deep foundation in the, on the rock, and when the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. Verse 49, but the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice, he is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and all its destruction was complete. So I'm going to pray. I know Sam prayed and I want to pray just again um, and ask that the Lord would reveal his heart to us in this. So Father, I thank you that uh, you've brought us together here tonight. God, would you speak through me? 
uh, and any words that are of me that they would fall away, Lord, but you would uh, reveal to us yourself through, through this passage of Scripture here tonight. And might we walk away different, not as a result of a sermon or a person, but ultimately as encountering you. Thanks so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, you know, we have a lot of decorations as I think back on our house. We have a lot of decorations in our house now. But the reality is they all could be destroyed in a moment if we had never addressed the foundation. And in the same way, in our life, we have a lot of exterior things that are still a part of our lives and they are important. They're just not the point. And a lot of these things are things that we can easily focus a lot of our time and energy on. Where you will go to school. What you will go to school for. What job you will get after. Where you will live. Your friend groups. Who you will date. Who you will marry. These things are all so important and a part of your life. But if they become the foundation, it begins to be sinking sand and a shaky foundation. All these are important. They're just not the point. They are like, in a sense, the decorations of the house, part of it, but not the foundation. And what I want us to move beyond tonight is from focusing on the furniture to the foundation. And so as a way of doing that, the first point that I want to bring up tonight is, is both these people who built the houses both faced storms. Think about that. Both the wise person who like dug down deep and like got down to the foundation, down to the rock, built the house that would withstand, and the person who didn't build well and just built on the ground, both experienced storms. One of the things that I've realized in being a Christian, it does not mean that you will not experience difficulties. As in the reality in Jesus' parable is both experienced a radical storm enough to sweep away one foundation. And you know what, you guys, for me, one of the most interesting parts of this passage is you don't actually see whether it's a good foundation or not until the storm comes. You see, when the sun is shining, all can seem well. And that's what I've experienced even in my own life before I came to know Jesus, is it was like, dude, I'm good, life's fun, everything's awesome, everything's awesome. And then all of a sudden, the storms of life happen, and my foundation was revealed. And that also can happen to all of us. Because sometimes I think there's the temptation, I'll figure out where my foundation is later. In Jesus' parable, later was too late. You see, the house had already fallen when there wasn't a secure foundation. And so for me, it's like, well, well what is it then to look, to, to, to build a good foundation? And then how do I discern whether I do have a good foundation. One of the things I think is to ask ourselves, 
where do we go or who do we look to when we experience questions, doubts, hardships? It can often reveal to us where our foundation is. Jesus wants our foundation to be on him and him alone. He is the secure foundation. But there is a reality that when we experience the pressures of life, we can often go to others. And I'm not saying that that's the only way to see, but it is one of the ways for us to see where is my foundation. You know, there was this recent Barna Group study, and it talked about this generation. And it said this generation, uh, when it comes to medical advice, is more likely to go to the advice of a friend over a licensed medical professional. And you're like, yeah, facts. <laughs> That's maybe a whole nother sermon for a whole nother day. <laughs> but the reality is, is one, I think it reveals to us how close friends are to this generation. But I also think it can be dangerous, one, medically speaking, two, <laughs> in faith. Do we run to others for the substance of our faith, or do we run to the Savior for the substance of our faith? Now, here's what I, I hope you hear me loud and clear. We provide small group leaders here because we know the importance of a mentor. It is an important piece for us as believers to grow in our faith. It's just not the point. If your faith relies upon your small group leader, then it may be missing the point. Your small group leader is not the point. They're meant to point you to Jesus. That's the point. Does that help? And so we love the small group leaders. That's why we provide it. But the hope is not that you'll fall just in love with the small group leader. Like, man, they're my, like my go-to. Some of you are like, dude, that's my small group leader though, right? <laughs> But the whole point is that they would point you to Jesus because Jesus is the secure foundation. And what's amazing about that is then he is always present whenever we go through whatever hardship because there will come a time when a hardship, a storm comes and your small group leader, your pastor, your mentor, your friend, your family group, your, 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 your father, your mother may not be there, but Jesus always will. So what's great about this is then we as people have an opportunity to have a foundation that is so secure that it can weather whatever storm no matter who's with us or against us, because Jesus is always there with us. He is the foundation that is secure. He not only saves us from hell and gets us into heaven, but he is sufficient for life. This is what he has for us, to be our foundation. And I don't mean to be like the ultimate like buzzkill, <laughs> but one day the storms will come. Life will happen. Some of you, I don't even, I don't need to preach a message on this because you're like, we've experienced it. Some of you have experienced the hardship of just life. And in that time, the foundation will be revealed. So the time is now to figure out where the foundation is. Okay, okay, check out this next point, uh, point two. 
both, I wanted to make it about like the first, the, the good foundation is the one who hears the word of God. But look at the passage. Both people hear the word of God. <laughs> Wait, what? The person who built the foundation on a solid foundation? Here's the word of God. That's in uh, verse 47. And then also, verse 49, the person who built the foundation just on the sand and it crumbled also heard the word of God. There is a difference between just hearing the word of God and listening to the word of God. There's a difference between just like, yeah, I read my Bible because I did it as part of a chore, or I read my Bible and I submitted to what it said. There's a difference between I go to this word so I can prove what I already think versus I go to this word to be transformed in the way that I think. And, and the difference is a heart of humility. One that says, I'm not the boss, but I know who is. And so it's not about me and what I am going to read into this, but how this will transform me as I read it. Does that make sense? I used to try to do this thing where I, I mean, I still kind of do, but where I try to get through the Bible every year. And for me, it was just about like, can I read from Genesis to Revelation? And then I'd always be like, yeah, dude, I got through the Bible this year. And one of my friends one time was like, yeah, bro, but did it get through to you? I was like, ooh, that's a word. But here's the awesome thing. We have the opportunity to be transformed by the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active and is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, heart and mind. It's the discerner of our thoughts and the intents of man's heart. It's almost like, like it's saying Hebrews 4.12, like it's like a scalpel, a surgeon's scalpel to cut away and, and, to, and, and to remove these parts of us that, that are sinful and, and to expose the, 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 the desires of our heart. It's like a surgeon's scalpel. And then as we spend time, God, through his word, transforms our life. Not only does he transform us, but he leads us. He guides us. He reveals truth to us. He reveals his will to us that we have the opportunity through his word. I remember when I was at Bible school. I actually I didn't even know if I wanted to ask this question. But uh, they asked has anybody in here read the entire Bible? And I remember looking at it, this is a Bible college. And me and one other student were the only people who raised our hands. The reason why I had read, I had just become a believer. So I'd come from this life of just radical, like sin and just loss. And so I so longed to know the truth. And so that was why I read. And part of it was like, I got to make sure this is true. <laughs> and I'll never forget that teacher said, he was like, how many of you had read the Bible? And like two of our hands went up. And he looked at the rest of the students and he was like, you're basing your life on what this says. You should probably read it. I was like, hmm, noted. <laughs> then I'll never forget, I was uh, at a church, I forget where it was, and teaching. And at the end, um, I was talking about the importance of the word of God. And one of the pastors was like, dude, 
I had the craziest experience with the power of the Word of God. And I was like, okay, do tell. <laughs> and he was like, I was out doing street ministry. And uh, I also debated telling this illustration. Jake, don't fire me. <laughs> Too late now, though. <laughs> so he was out doing street ministry, and there was this homeless guy. And the homeless dude was like, the pastor was sharing with the homeless dude, and he was like, bro, I just want to smoke a joint. Honestly, I'm not here to talk about, to you about Jesus. Well, the pastor was handing out these small New Testament Bibles. And the pastor goes, I'll make you a deal. And the homeless guy's like, what? And he goes, I'll give you this Bible. Pages are pretty thin. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, through the rest of the New Testament. If you make me a promise, I'll let you use this Bible as the paper to roll your joint if you read every page first. I'm not, I'm not promoting this, okay? This is not like my you know, new philosophy of ministry, like Grace Church Outreach Program. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm telling a story of what once happened, right? So then uh, he gave him the Bible, and it was like, peace out. And then this pastor was preaching years later, and this dude came up to him uh, at the end of the service and said, hey, are you the pastor that does outreach downtown? And he's like, yeah. He goes, um, did you ever hand a guy a Bible and tell him to smoke it? And the pastor was like, oh, I was young in ministry, you know. Um, um, no, oh, man. <laughs> and he was like, I was that guy. But the guy was like all dressed like normal. Look, and, he, and so the pastor was like, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, you told me that I could smoke every page as long as I read it. And the pastor was like, I really didn't know what I was talking about. And the guy was like, I smoked Matthew, I smoked Mark, I smoked Luke, and John smoked me. <laughs> and literally, through reading pages of the Bible, and, and he came to know Jesus because the Word of God is living and active. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, heart and mind. And the Word of God pierced into that person's life. And transformed them. This is the power of God. This is why Jesus says, but he who hears my word, and there is a difference to those who just read through the word and those who submit to the word. Does that make sense? And this is, I think, the invite that Jesus gives to us. And when we do that, it becomes a light unto our path. It becomes the ability to discern God's will. We know what God is like. We encounter him. And then lastly, Jesus says, those who put it into practice is what gives the secure foundation. This part's a little bit tricky. And so it's going to be a little deeper, and I may mess it up. I'm going to try, and I've worked, I just wrestled through this, and it was really hard. So I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper. But you know what I realized? The tallest Buildings have the deepest foundations. If you want to build a shed, you can build it on the ground. You want to build a skyscraper, you got to dig down deep. And that's what Jesus says here in this passage. But he who digs deep down to the bedrock and lays the foundation is the one whose building stands secure. If you want to, if you want to have a skyscraper type life, you got to go deep. You just want to be a shed? 
It's going to go on the ground, maybe a couple blocks. This part was so interesting to me that Jesus says, he who puts it into practice. Because I was like, okay, well, what does Jesus say? What's interesting is if you back up and you look through what all the things say that Jesus has just said, is he basically gives like rules for life. There's a parallel passage in Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's basically what we call Sermon on the Mount. And again, this is deep, so I'll just say buckle up your seatbelts and hold in, and I hope you can lock in for this. Jesus basically says this whole, he gives us rule for how to live, do missions, what happens in persecution, how to fulfill the law. He equates hate with murder, lust and idolatry, divorce. He talks about punishment and loving your enemies and giving to the poor, how to pray, wealth on earth, worry, judging. He goes on this massive list of like all that we're supposed to do with Christians. And in that moment, it can almost feel so our foundation is truly in us obeying rightly. But you know what? I don't think that's the point of Jesus' words, is that our foundation is how good we are at living rightly. Because if it is, then I think once again, we have a shaky foundation. And Jesus even says in that passage, one of the things he says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I'm out. Got me with that one. So then what is he talking about? I brought this chair up and hopefully it will help. So this is a chair. I know. Yeah. <laughs> there is a difference between saying, I believe this chair will hold me, while still standing firmly planted on the stage. I could say, yep, I tested it out, you know, looks a little shaky, but it'll hold me. I believe 100%, without a doubt, that'll hold me. Am I truly trusting that chair right now? I'm kind of just giving it lip service, aren't I? What's interesting, in the beginning of the passage, he says, there will be those who say, Lord, Lord. They're like, yeah, dude, we got it. Like, we're the ones. Like, we believe, Jesus, you can do it. Look secure. But meanwhile, they're still fully trusting in their own ability, their own way, their own desires. But in the Bible, when it talks about believing, it talks about trusting, it says there is a difference between saying, I believe this chair can hold me, and I believe this chair can hold me. You see, right now, I have placed my full weight and trust on the sufficiency of this chair. It has become my foundation. And I am proving that it's my foundation through where I have placed my weight, my life, if you will. And Jesus says, 
the one who comes to me, the one who hears my word, and the one who does what I say. Trust in him. And isn't that the message of the Bible over and over? In John 20, he talks about this is the work of the Father, to believe in the one whom he sent, to trust in him, to trust in him, not just to get us out of hell and into heaven, but to rely upon him for all things of life. That as we go and we handle our money, our relationships, our school, our friendships, our struggles that we say, God, I trust in your word and in your ways above all else. I rely upon you. When, when, when the storm rages and I'm quick to say, man, I'm running for cover because everything else is shaky, I'm uncertain, we actually say, oh man, I trust in you. You are my foundation and you are the secure foundation. And the invite that Jesus gives for us to have him as our foundation is the most secure place of which you can place your life. Not just your future, your dreams, your desires, your goals, your friendships, your, your, your future husband, wife, your job, your school, your money, all of it to say, I trust in you for you are the foundation. And when the winds rage and the waters pour and the storm hits, I am secure because my faith and my full trust is in him. And maybe this is too much, but I think sometimes we can get stuck and be like, well, what about now? I trust him. And we got like one foot in. We're like, dude, no, I, I totally, I read my Bible. I say my prayers. Like, I, I go to a small group. Like, dude, I, I'm totally, I totally trust. I'm like, what's that over there? Nothing. <laughs> the sense of, but ultimately, where my weight is, where I'm relying, what I'm trusting in, is myself. I trust in my, my schooling my education, my smarts, my family, my status, none of which is bad in and of itself. It's just not meant to be our foundation. Which is why Jesus says, those who come to me, who hear my word and put it into practice, those are the ones who have a secure foundation for when the storms of life hit that you will stand secure. And I love what Paul says in Philippians 3, 8, and 9. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered loss of all things, but I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which one comes with faith, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. He's like, nothing really matters except for Jesus. And so where is your foundation? Is it in your own way of life? Or is it even like a little bit close where it's like, 
Well, I read my Bible. I say my prayers. I do good things as a Christian. Has that become your foundation? Or is it in Jesus Christ and him alone? So, Father God, I thank you so much um, that you have given us the opportunity to have a secure foundation where regardless of whatever storms of life come, whatever happens to us, whatever we find ourselves in, that we can be secure because our foundation is secure in Jesus. Thank you so much. I pray if there be anybody here who doesn't know where their foundation is, that they would take the next step of receiving Jesus as their foundation. The reality you sent your son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross, paying our debt, and then be raised to new life, that we can experience life, yes, in the future, but life here now. Thank you for that opportunity of inviting us in to receive Jesus and to live a life from a secure foundation. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.